0: morning. Welcome to the Market in Minutes Podcast. My name is Patrick Laffin, and today is Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. All right, so let's get started by taking a look back at performance from yesterday. The NASDAQ finished up a 0.4%. The S&P 500 finished up a 0.31%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished up 0.04%. And lastly, the Russell 2000 ended the day up 0.19%. In terms of sector performance, the best performing sectors yesterday were communication services and materials. Communication services finished up 0.98%, followed by materials, which ended the day up 0.96%. The worst-performing sectors yesterday were energy and healthcare. Energy finished down 0.1%, followed by healthcare, which ended the day down 0.01%. The market ended higher yesterday to start the new week in the green, despite a jump in treasury yields and a continuation of concerns over inflation and growth prospects. So the day started on a positive note due to a rally in the large and mega-cap stocks, as well as some optimism stemming from news that China is relaxing COVID restrictions in major cities. This early morning boost initially bumped the NASDAQ, S&P, and Dow all up well over a percent, with the NASDAQ rising just shy of 2%. Further lifting sentiment were strong morning performances by a couple of the large players in the market. Tesla rallied throughout the morning after Elon Musk clarified and softened his view of the company from the end of last week and said that Tesla will actually need to increase its headcount, not decrease it. Apple also had a strong morning ahead of its Worldwide Developers Conference, in which it announced new MacBooks, iPhone software, and M2 chips. Meanwhile, Amazon surged almost 3% in the morning after its 20-for-1 stock split went into effect. So all of these things helped boost momentum and led to a strong morning for the broader market. However, the enthusiasm and optimism started to slowly fade away mid-morning, and buying interests quickly changed to selling based on a few catalysts that began to emerge. Firstly, a lot of investors started to sell into the strength of the market towards the end of the morning to lock in gains. And this selling activity was further accentuated by a couple of other factors. Specifically, investors sold bonds, which caused a spike in treasury yields, setting the benchmark 10-year treasury yield above 3%, where it remained until the closing bell, ending the trading day at around 3.04%. But in addition, we saw a sharp increase in both natural gas futures, which were up over 9% in the afternoon and oil prices, which briefly exceeded $120 a barrel amid reports that Saudi Arabia was considering raising prices throughout Asia due to stronger-than-anticipated demand. Now, oil did retreat some after the Saudis decided against that move for the time being, but the larger point regarding energy costs being astronomically high right now stuck with investors and led to fears that due to the rising costs seen in energy and elsewhere, inflation is likely to be very slow to come down. And this notion naturally led to concerns that global growth would likely slow as well, which brought us right back to the concerns that plagued the market throughout the month of May. Fortunately, though, despite an initial sell-off, the market actually held up relatively well for the remainder of the day. But in general, there wasn't much conviction either way on the buy or sell side yesterday. And by the end of the day, 8 of the 11 sectors finished higher, led by the mega-cap names like Tesla and Amazon. So in conclusion, it was a quieter day, but the market did end in positive territory despite a spike in treasury yields and concerns regarding inflation and economic growth. But investors will likely be focused on the Consumer Price Index reading for May, which is slated for release this Friday morning. Now, the key inflation gauge is expected to be just slightly cooler than April, which could be interpreted by some as a confirmation that inflation has peaked. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see what unfolds with that release. But regardless of what happens between today and then, as always, I'll be sure to keep you updated. Moving on to headlines. Yesterday, Russian President Vladimir Putin warned to escalate his bombing campaign in Ukraine if Western countries supply Ukraine with longer-range rockets. So in an interview aired on Sunday night, Putin claimed the medium-range missiles promised by Biden last month are replacements for similar artillery that Ukraine has lost in the battle so far. However, Putin stated that if longer-range systems were to arrive, his military would begin attacking sites it had previously avoided. Now he didn't provide any specifics as to what sites that would be, but he did say that the West's backing of Ukraine is a ploy to prolong the fight and distract the people from the problems in their own countries. While his comments were airing, Russian rockets started shelling the Ukrainian capital of Kyiv for the first time in more than a month. And following his comments, Russian political scientist Sergei Mikhaev took to the airwaves via Russia's state-controlled TV Roysia-1 and threatened that if US and European weapons keep arriving in Ukraine, we will quickly see the war escalate into a nuclear World War 3. So scary comments there. In other feel-good stories, the gap between the haves and the have-nots has increased dramatically over the last couple of months thanks to inflation. So according to an article from the Associated Press, a recent study has shown that wealthy Americans have continued to spend money on frivolous or unnecessary items during the last couple of months of crippling inflation, while low-income households have been forced to only purchase necessities at less expensive stores. The article went on to point out how the study has been reflected in the stock market. So high-end stores such as Ralph Lauren, Louis Vuitton, and Nordstrom have reported better than expected sales, which seems contrary to what you think would be happening given everything going on with inflation and the market. Stores at the lower end of the spectrum have also seen an uptick in sales and volume as more and more people are being forced to shop at stores like Dollar Tree and Dollar General. But mid-price stores such as Walmart, Kohl's, Target, and Gap have been crushed, seeing less sales, less shoppers, and less items purchased. In an interesting side note, the article also mentioned that food banks are beginning to struggle with inflation, thus limiting the amount of food they have available to provide to those that need it the most. So concerning story there about the effects of inflation. And perhaps nowhere is the effect of inflation more apparent than when you go to fill up your tank. I just did it yesterday, and it cost me close to $100. dollars And there is no sign of relief anytime soon. In fact, the national average for a gallon of gas shot up two cents over the weekend, putting the national average at $4.80 a gallon, twice as high as the day President Joe Biden took office when the national average was $2.40 a gallon. But speaking of the president, he issued an executive order to authorize the use of the Defense Production Act yesterday to boost the domestic production of solar panels and their parts to strengthen the administration's efforts to shift the country towards clean energy. So interesting move there. Speaking of clean energy, a man that knows a thing or two about that, Elon Musk, was in the news yesterday regarding his attempted purchase of Twitter. So Musk is threatening to walk away from the $44 billion bid to buy the company and accused them of refusing to give him information about its fake and spam accounts. A letter sent to Twitter by Musk's lawyers state that Musk has repeatedly asked for the information since May 9th, about a month after his offer to buy the company, because he wants to evaluate how many of the company's 229 million accounts are fake. Twitter has yet to respond to the letter. And lastly, in a world that seems destined to tear itself apart based on recent headlines, A study by the University of Cambridge in the UK has found that music may be the answer. The research studied over 350,000 people from over 50 countries and found that music helped people from vastly different backgrounds and beliefs understand one another, find common ground and build lasting relationships. So the key to world peace may in fact be more music and less fighting. And we'll end today, as we always do, by taking a look back at some famous historic events from June 7th of the past. Starting today in 1498, when Spain and Portugal signed the Treaty of Tordesillas, de Silas, which divided the New World, as discovered by Christopher Columbus, between the two countries. Fast forward to 1776, when Richard Henley Lee of Virginia introduced a resolution in the Continental Congress proposing the Declaration of Independence. In 1929, the Vatican officially became an independent sovereign state. 36 years later, in 1965, the Supreme Court ruled in Griswold v. Connecticut, which struck down anti-birth control laws deeming them unconstitutional. In 1968, the world's first Legoland opened in Denmark. In 1982, on June 7th, Graceland opened to the public five years after the death of Elvis Presley. And lastly, in 2002, President George W. Bush announced the creation of the Department of Homeland Security. So with that, I hope everyone has a great day. I am Patrick Lathan, and this is the Market in Minutes podcast. Please note the content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a recommendation of any specific investment product, strategy, or decision. It is not intended to suggest taking or refraining from any course of action. It is not intended to address the needs, circumstances, or investment objectives of any specific investor.